Good day, and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 64, recorded on the 12th of February, 2014. Today's topic, fantastic family camps. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, the BlackBerry Podcast Directory, or the Stitcher app. Search for Camp Hacker. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by the Camp Owners and Directors Association. You provide quality camp experiences for children, helping them grow and gain independence. We help you achieve your vision. Check us out at campownersanddirectors.com. And by the support of camp pros like you, we'd like to take a minute and thank those of you who have become patrons on Patreon of the Camp Hacker Show. Without you, this show can't go on. And so we're so grateful for those that have checked out some of the great rewards that we have available there. It's sort of like a Kickstarter program, but something that goes on regularly. Uh, and we're well, thank you. So I hope that some others will check that out as well. You can find us at patreon.com slash camphacker. Thank you very much for your support. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker Show. This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Hello, camp pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I run a blog about running a great summer camp at camphacker.tv. And my name's Joe Richards. I'm the executive director at Pierce Williams Christian Center, which is a United Church of Canada summer camp and retreat facility located in Iona, Ontario, which is halfway between Detroit and Toronto. My name is Marty Ferguson. I'm the director at Camp Chief Ure, which is part of YMCA of the Rockies, and we're located just south of Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. Hello, my name is Megan Slalis, and I am the director of Pepperdine Family Camp, which is located on Pepperdine University's Malibu campus. And I'm Heather Slimp. I'm the camp curriculum developer for Child Development Incorporated. We're located throughout the state of California. That's awesome. I really want to welcome um, Heather to the show. It's great to have you here, Heather. And uh, Megan, I'm so grateful for you proposing this topic. It's it's an awesome one. As I said before we started recording, we've had a ton of response to it. So I suspect that the five of us will be doing this conversation again in a couple months or so before before the summer gets here. So thanks, Megan. That's awesome. Thank you. So Megan, I'm going to start with you just in terms of introductions. I uh, Just give us a bit of your camp history, how you got involved in camp to start with. Sure. So um, I started working at the UC Santa Barbara Family Vacation Center when I was in college during the summer, and that is a large-scale family camp located on UC Santa Barbara's campus, and it goes eight weeks, about 2,000 guests. Um, I ended up working there full-time as their assistant director for three years, and then my alma mater called me up and said, hey, we want to start a family camp, and we would love to hire you and have you on board. So that's where I'm at. We launched this past summer with 34 families and it was awesome. So I'm gearing up for my second summer. Right on. Right on. Well, it's great to have you. Thanks very much, Megan. Thank you. And Heather, what's your camp story? My camp story started when I was 11 years old as a camper. Um, I just seemed to have never have left. Um, I started going to camp at Sequoia Lake YMCA um, in California. And moved up as a camp counselor in training, assistant counselor, um, 
assistant camp director to eventually youth camp director seasonally. And mm -hmm. then I worked a summer at a um, camp in upstate New York. And after that summer, that was the year after I graduated from college. And then I decided I'm going to make this a career and went back and got my master's degree in recreation um, in order to pursue camping full time. And I worked for the YMCA and now I work for Child Development Incorporated. Right on. So what does Child Development Incorporated do? So it started out as a um, statewide preschool program that developed into a before and after school program. And now we run day camps. So we run day camps over um, 130 centers in Southern California, Central California, and in the Bay Area. That's amazing. And, yeah. So we do um, enrichment and specialty camps focused in um, STEM, art, um, theater arts, kind of an array of um, we, what each center is wanting. Right on. Wanting to offer the community. Yeah, it's really fun. That's great. Sounds awesome. Well, I look more to hear. Look forward to hearing more of uh, of the wisdom you have to offer from your experience at camp uh, as we begin this discussion. So we are we're talking about family camp today, and um, a number of different elements to it. How you start a family camp, why you would even want to, how you promote it, and what the programs are. And uh, I want to start by saying thank you to all the camp pros uh, for. Um, from the Summer Camp Professionals Group on Facebook. They gave us a lot of great questions that we're going to try to deal with today. If we don't get to all of them, then it'll be part of our Family Camp Part 2 when we come back around to some of the questions or some of the, the bigger ideas. Um, Megan, I'm, I really want to start with you. What was, what was it that inspired you to say, I think we need to talk more about family camps? Um, well, I... I've been looking and researching a lot about family camps since I'm starting one from scratch. I've been doing a lot of research and there's not a ton out there about family camps and I just kind of want to get the conversation started. I do listen to your podcast um, and a lot of the information I can relate to yeah. family camp, but yeah. I just kind of want to get the conversation, let people know how awesome of a program it is and that um, camp directors should think about adding it to their programming. Right on. So what I'm going to do first is I'm just going to ask each of you about your experience with uh, your camps with Family Camp <clears throat> or in your camp history. Um, so Megan, I know you say that you have eight weeks of camp. Do those families register for one week at a time? Yeah. So that was with my past camp. Oh, right, yes. right, right. Yes. Yeah. So now... It was a seven-day camp and they registered for <laughs> one week at a time. There were a couple families that would do multiple weeks, but typically they would just do the seven-day stay. Now, when I started the Pepperdine Family Camp, I'm offering a five-day stay. I thought it was a little less commitment for a startup camp. Yeah. And then eventually I would I would change it to a seven-day format. Right on. So do you have more than one five-day session? Yeah, so I'm offering two five-day sessions, um, and we're, we're, we did that this past summer, and then we're going to offer it this year as well, with right. the idea of growing into a larger-scale camp. Yeah, right on. That's great. Uh, and Marty, what are, what's Family Camp like at Chief URA? We first started our Family Camp program in 2004, and we only do it over Labor Day weekend. So the families check in Friday evening, um, so they, they drive up to camp after, uh, after work. And then we, um, we end about lunchtime on Monday. And um, the, we've, 
the camp has grown to the point where we, we have wait lists for it every year. It's, a, it's become a very popular program. Um, we have a lot of our um, uh, alumni, like the parents, are oftentimes alumni, and it's kind of like uh, an opportunity for them to first introduce their younger kids. If they're not quite old enough to come to our traditional camp sessions, it's a great way for them to, to introduce their younger kids to the concept of camp. Yep. Right on. And Heather, what's your experience been with family camps? Um, when I worked for Sequoia Lake YMCA, we had a family camp on site. So the, the camp setting itself has five camps located on the lake, and one camp was dedicated to family camp, um, Sequoia Camp. And it has been in operation for over 50 years. Yeah. Um, and it offers three, five, and seven-day camp programs so parents have that option to come just over the weekend monday through friday or friday to friday right. and it's been a huge success how many people would be there in an average week in an average week um it has grown and i would say anywhere from 80 to 100 participants right right that's awesome and Joe, is there a family camp now at Pierce Williams? Yeah, there's a family camp now that I inherited when I arrived 10 years ago. Um, we hold family camp as opposed to the uh, Labor Day, which is at the end of the summer. We hold it on the July long weekend. So Canada Day is July 1st, and we always hold our family camp uh, Friday, Monday, so the same setup. Um, and it is... Uh, we don't we're not quite at the point where we have to turn people away but we're really close to that point um there's a magic number in there and then when i was with the taylor staten camps we had a 12 day camp um, that was set up so that people could it was called september camp and it actually started the weekend before labor day and the only deal was you had to sign up and stay for at least three days so you could have people coming and going every day after the first three days up until um, the Friday of Labor Day, and then everyone was on then. So right. it was a bit of a a different layout that uh, I'm glad I don't have to deal with right now. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, in my own experience from the Glimmer days, uh, we when I, I like Joe inherited family camp when I got there, and it is the the weekend in August, the, the first weekend in August, which in in Ontario, Canada, is a, a holiday weekend. In a lot of provinces, it's a holiday weekend. That first Monday in August is a is a statutory holiday, and so families come in on Friday afternoon, usually it's supposed to be Friday after dinner, and stay till Monday. And that program is packed. Like that that program offers cabin spaces for some families and tent or trailer spaces and cabin spaces are usually gone within an hour of opening registration and then the tent or trailer spaces they sort of expand as needed so it's a huge program and um and <clears throat> it started off very simple like hey there's nothing going on right now why don't you come and use the site and has turned into something much more complicated as it's got bigger. Um, families would, would cook their own meals and sometimes would um, share meals or plan to do meals together. But now everybody eats in the dining hall. Everybody's involved in the bigger camp program. And in terms of the theme, um, just the overall arching theme, there's always a, an awesome 
theme that runs through it and i don't mean like um happiness or togetherness uh it's a, a theme based on an idea that that the games are built around the there's skits and characters that that go throughout the whole weekend and it um you know it's been gilligan's island it's been games it's been all sorts of stuff and um families love how much the staff gets into it and that just feeds off they just feed it off each other the staff gets so into it and the families get into it and then families are into it the staff uh, really dials it up and um we have in the past brought in ringer program directors just for that weekend to make sure that the, the program is incredibly special um because it's such a great feeder program for us and i think that 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 opens up the first part the first question that i want to ask all of you is why why you do family camp and marty alluded to this i think um, and you've all sort of talked about it a bit, but I want to examine it closely. Why, why you would start a family camp. I know from my experience, it is the, the perfect feeder camp that kids, um, often families come when their kids are little two, three or four, um, and give them an intro introduction to camp. A lot of the people are alumni. A lot of them aren't, um, they're just friends of friends and it gives kids a chance to get comfortable with the parents around. And then I think it's great my favorite part of it is it makes the parents comfortable because they can see kids run off having fun and not be looking back over their shoulder at parents. And then those kids turn into, um, turn into on-site on their own campers. We've certainly had camp families at family camp since I started in 2004. Some families have been there at the same time and some of their kids have um, been newborns who've now been on senior staff. And so it's mm -hmm. been, it's been a great feeder for us. Uh, what's, what was it like for you, Heather, in, in your old camp? How, what was the purpose of family camp? The purpose of family camp really, I believe started to offering the camp experience for families. Um, Youth, the youth camp started first, um, and I think what ended up happening was that families recognized when they were dropping their kids off for camp and saw, oh, there's a family camp also, we'll come back to, as a family. So we kind of, we've seen the, the opposite of kind of family camp have, starting with the younger kids. Um, and then feeding into the youth camp program mm -hmm. where we really have seen kids coming to youth camp and the parents seeing that or hearing that there is a family camp right next door and then coming back, signing up, you know, two or three weeks later to come back and experience camp again with their children. Um, but we do also see, we've seen more of um, the uh, children at coming to family camp, eventually becoming staff at family camp or youth camp on the lake. Right. So it's been, we definitely have seen, we've, you know, we're now at three or four generations of participants at, um, at camp. Right. Right on. Do you, are their, their families, how long is youth camp? How long does youth camp run? Youth camp sessions are one week at a time. And do you find there are families that come and drop off one or two kids at youth camp and then go to family camp? Yes, we've had that happen before. Right. right. <laughs> Sometimes that's nice for families to have that option close to camp where they can get rid of their kids but still have a nice experience without having to drive. Yep, they don't home. have to drive back down. Yep. Yeah, right on. 
So Megan, what for you, like, why did the, the school approach you and say, we want to start a family camp? Yeah, so both uh, camps I've been affiliated with are run managed by the Alumni Affairs Department. So yep. this is a alumni engagement to an extreme level. Um, we're able to connect with alumni and community members, not just for an evening, but you know, for several days, and we can really get to know them and network with them and connect with them. And it's just a great way to engage our alumni and create supporters of our institution. So that's really the purpose. For me, I love that I'm providing a unique family vacation option um, for families, and I can take away that stress of planning for families. That's something I always talk about with families on the phone is, you know, you don't have to worry about cooking or cleaning or activity planning. I'll do that for you. Um, just come hang out with us, relax, and enjoy a vacation. Awesome. And then it helps that, um, you know, Pepperdine's located in Malibu. The last camp was located in Santa Barbara, so we have... Uh, the beach at our uh, right outside and yeah. lots of great recreation for us. So, and they're both beautiful campuses. So it's worked really well. And what are the, what are the facilities like for families? Do they come and stay in dorms or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they stay in dorms and all campuses have different kind of dorm setups. Right. Um, but we, I do provide private accommodations for the families at both camps um, that's provided for them, private accommodations and private bathrooms. Yep. Um, but for Pepperdine, it's a little interesting because um, I can only fit about a family of five. So any family larger than five, I have to provide them like two separate areas. Yes. But I put them next to each other. So it, it tends to work out okay. Right on. That's cool. And Joe, why, why do you keep the family camp going? Why is family camp a part of what happens at Pierce Williams? Family camp, uh, when I first got here, I thought it was the most insane time of the year to try and run a family camp because yes. you have staff who either you're just finishing staff training or um, now we don't even do staff training before that. Um, but over the years, I've grown attached to family camp because it is a, an introduction to camp. And by holding it right at the beginning of the summer, it does a couple of things. Um we don't have issues with staff because we have so many returning staff that we just staff it with people who are here last year. Mm -hmm. So there's no issues with training staff for, and they know the expectation. And our family camp only takes about 10 to 15 staff members to run the way we do. Um, parents can come and if they're thinking about signing their kid up for camp for the summer or for a following summer, we always recommend, hey, well, if you're worried about camp, come to family camp, meet the staff. And what they're doing is meeting like our most talented staff members and they're seeing that environment. But what they also into, what they also get is a whole bunch of staff camper families who come to family camp every year. And I find that there's a cyclical nature. Some families um, will stay for, uh, you know, four, four or five years. And then as the kids get older, they'll move on. Um, and there's just a value, a value to that program for us. Um, in the sense that it's a it's a more relaxed weekend um and sort of a a good it's a more relaxed weekend for me not for the staff or for our kitchen because mm -hmm. we bump up the the food service for that weekend and our staff it's really the beginning of summer so they're working out a few kinks but um the value of the program is making sure that our is is that those camper fan the family campers become ambassadors for camp and, and can spread that word and 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 let people know how great camp is. Yeah. 
Right on. And accommodation for your families, Joe, what do, what do they do? They can, they have many options. So they can stay in our camper cabins. Um, our camper cabins have no private bathrooms or no bathrooms of any kind, right? They have to go up to the bathroom. They can stay in our dorm room area, which is, the bathrooms are attached to that building. Uh, they can choose to stay in one of our covered wagons if they so choose. And some families do because it's a lot cooler to sleep there. Mm -hmm. You can also bring your own trailer or your own tent. We have 180 acres that you can camp on. So accommodations are wide open here. Right. Right on. Thanks. And Marty, why, why does um, Chief Ure have a, a family camp at the end of the summer? Well, I think uh, Megan touched on something really important that you get to network with uh, some of your, your parents for more than just an evening. And a lot of the, the parents that come to our family camp have uh, grown into huge camp supporters. Um, several of them are now on our leadership board. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about looking for ways to connect the experience the kids have at camp to the parents' understanding of that. Mm -hmm. And um, for, for those parents who have brought their families to family camp, um, they have a much greater understanding of what a traditional session of camp is like for the kids. You know, one of our um, really generous donors who, who's on our, our volunteer board, uh, after family camp two summers ago, she came up to me at the end of the day on Saturday. So she had been here you know, since Friday evening, yep. comes up to me at the end of the day on Saturday and said two things. Um, number one, she said, I'm absolutely exhausted and I've only been here for one full day. I don't know how you do this all summer. Mm -hmm. And number two, <laughs> she said, I totally understand now why my daughter loves camp so much. And that's absolutely invaluable information for really for any parent. And, you know, the capacity of our family camp is only approximately 30 families. So it's it. It's sir, our, our one family camp weekend serves a pretty small percentage of our uh, total families, but um, but it, but it's a great experience for them. Right, right on. And have there been other things, Marty, that families have said that they get out of family camp? Well, uh, yeah, I think uh, the importance of just spending time with their families. Um, and, you know, as a couple of other folks have mentioned, like in, in a kind of a relaxed atmosphere for the weekend where they don't have to worry about the daily chores and, and, and that sort of thing. They can really just, you know, how, how many times do parents get a chance to go canoeing with their kids or, or mm -hmm. um, you know, experience archery with their kids? Um, how many times do they get to go on nature hikes with their kids? You know, I, I think, you know, research is showing that families spend less and less of that kind of time together. Yep. And we hear a lot of comments about that is that it's a really great, um, uh, rejuvenation for the entire family. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, that's, that's been my experience too. When we have at our family camp and we continue to go back for family camp. Um, <clears throat> and I love family camp because our family, becomes bigger and bigger, the four of us go. Um, but then there are young alumni staff that work for us that would be in their mid to late 20s who don't necessarily have their own families but might have a partner to bring and they all become part of our family. And so when there's family activities, there's our little group of, of our people and the, the people that worked with our sons when they were on, on staff, they're our son's age. So that part of it's fun. But I know that other families have said what they get out of this is, an appreciation for camp and to see what the program is and why the kids like it or a chance to introduce their kids if they have a nervous kid who may or may not um that their word might not like camp or fit into camp but it's also um 
Well, just the, the structure of the program is great because they can do things together if they want. There are separate adult and kids activities, and then there are ones for the whole family to do together. So that's that's pretty unusual um, for them in their lives. That that that's all available. Heather, I, I was wondering if if you get a feel for what the feedback is for families and what they get out of it. Absolutely. Um, when Marty was talking, it made me. Th- um, or reminded me of a story of a camper that did tell us um, during dinner one time that they chose, their, their parents gave them the option to go to Disneyland for the weekend or to go up to family camp. Yep. And the kids, hands down, chose family camp. Amazing. Um, so family camp is more fun than Disneyland. That ended up being our motto for the summer. Yeah. Um, and to hear that from a camper, that was, it was just truly touching. So I think if families get to have those experiences, and I think that's why family camp is such a growing program within camps is that we have um, parents that now want to do um, just more and have more intentional experiences with their children Mm -hmm. going outside and and canoeing and doing archery. Um, One of our biggest, um, success, successful programs actually started out as a teen only program within family camp because we had campers that started out very young and were returning to camp every year with their parents and were now 16, 17 and kind of had a feel of the entire program. So we, um, we actually had access to the youth camps high ropes course and we started um, taking the teens to the high ropes course, and we had parents, you know, hearing about this ex- experience of the teens going yep. through the high ropes course and saying, "Well, well, we want to go too, or we at least want to be there to take pictures." And then it started from pictures to like, "Oh, well, can I go up?" Mm-hmm. And then it just blossomed into this wonderful program where we had individual families going through the high ropes course together. And something that they all said they had never done before, never thought they were going to have the opportunity to do, and just the joy that they had from having that experience with their um, with their children was just so wonderful to see as a staff. Yeah. And just yeah, I think it's it's having that experience um, that they won't be able to have um, on other types of vacations. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Joe, what do your family say about their experience at that family camp? Our families, our families just say that it's a, it's their yearly retreat, right? And, and I haven't mentioned, we actually, for the past five years, have been running two different family camps. We run our traditional family camp, which is for parents who, who come and, and, and pay yeah. us for that. Um, and at the end of the summer, during a week that's uh, fairly slow for us, or in the past has been slow, it's picked up, um, <clears throat> we run something called the Family Camp Project. And the Family Camp Project is a we apply for funding from the Westminster College Foundation in London, Ontario, and and they've given us $15,000 to run this program, which I've done the budget, and, and I can accommodate around 60 people. So it, it turns out to be somewhere around 15 families or slightly less than that. They come for free, <clears throat> and they're from they're on what is called Ontario Works. So the, that is like that's poverty in in Ontario, and so um, 
we let Ontario Works, which is the the program, we let them choose the families from within their program, um, and then they send those people. We have the busing company, Batter Buses, uh, donates the busing, and they literally get picked up on a. We run it on a Monday to a Thursday, and um, and these families come for. What they say about family camp is so dramatic because these yep. are families who are getting a break for the first time. It's their only vacation all year long, and it is, um, you know, it's it's this amazing experience for their kids and for them as a family. So it's there's a really powerful thing to, you know, my belief is that every child needs to be at camp, and and to have these families come to camp is is huge because they get that break from the daily life and then the grind of 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 whatever living in poverty looks like and feels like to them Mm -hmm. and they get their food cooked for them and they get program done for them. And and we do, we, we run adult programs. um, So essentially during every program block, we'll, we have the kids split up into ages and then there's always an adult program and adult program. If you want to sit under a tree and read a book, more power to you. But if you want to do low ropes or if you want to do archery, or if you want to do, you know, adult only swim, those are offered during our, our time period. So um, the the parents at both of our camps are very appreciative of our staff and the quality of staff and, and the the attention to detail that we put into it. And, and they just, they just love being at camp as well. Right. Right on. And Joe, how many of those families come back year after year? Well, in our traditional family camp, we have, um, I'm going to say the majority of the families are at least second, if not third. We have some six and seven year families. Yes. So out of let's say 21 families uh, a year into our fa- into our traditional family camp, you're talking about uh, 10 to 15 of those are returning to us. Um, and then some of them try to bring new people in. Um, there was one family who kept inviting people, and the people they invited would separate the following year. Yes. So then they stopped inviting people, <laughs> and we we didn't know if it was associated with family camp or not. But right. they said we just we like our friends to stay together, so we're just not bringing them to family camp anymore. So, <laughs> um, we in fact we in fact joke about it at the end of family camp. We say uh, we hope you've had a great time. Do not tell your friends because we don't have space for more people. <laughs> Yet they all tell their friends. So right. it's a, a bit of reverse engineer marketing. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the uh, the family camp program people, do any of those people come back? Repeat? The family camp project people, yeah, it's a bit of a challenge. We had a conversation earlier this week about it because the grant application is coming due and um, it leads to a lot more challenges than a camp where people pay to come. Right. Anything that is free, A, some people won't show up for because they have no investment or buy-in into the program. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we sort of solve that problem. Um, other problems it introduces are this this challenge of um, we're a non-smoking site, but a lot of those families smoke, so we set aside a, smoking, a designated smoking area. And sometimes we deal with issues that as camp directors, we, we don't like to deal with, you know, drugs on 
oversight and things of that nature. So a lot of those families do come back, and they understand the value and have this desire and want to be there. We as a camp wonder if we would better serve to serve the children of those families by running a, a summer camp that is funded, that funds kids to come to camp right. rather than a family camp. But getting families together in an outdoor environment is something that they don't normally do. So there yep. is a value to that as well. We're just we're in the stages of of debating what that'll look like for this year and and um, and see how that goes. Right, right on. Megan, I want to go. I want to go to you and ask you what. I mean, you started a brand new program. You've had some families who tried it out last year, but you have your obvious your your past experience with it. But what have families said to you specifically about the Pepperdine program that they got out of their camp experience last year? Yeah. So um, last year they had low expectations, which actually worked well for yes. me. Yeah. Um, and they they really enjoyed it. I think. Um, the most feedback I get is about the relationships that are built, and they really love the relationships between uh, the campers, the relationships where they build the staff. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback about the parents loving that uh, counselor relationship with their children, and the counselors becoming role models for their children. Our staff are all students at our university, so um, they're role models. They're talking to their kids. They're talking to the kids about college and the activities that they do at college, whether, you know, they play volleyball. Um, and so the families really like the relationships. They call me and want to know, um, are these other families signed up for camp? We want to see them again. Um, so I kind of think it's all about the relationships. I think a lot of the feedback I hear too is about trying new things and watching their children try new things. They get a lot out of that too. Right. Right on. And, and Megan, what sort of training or preparation do you give those staff to be ready for the, the two weeks of camp? Yeah, so I actually do a really quick training for the two weeks of camp, um, but it's anything from emergency training. I do, one of my favorite trainings I do is how to talk to parents. Because yes. a lot of times our students aren't quite there yet or yep. they're kind of not, they don't feel like adults yet. Um, so I give them all sorts of resources and questions to start with. Um, they can help them really talk with parents. We do a working with minors training. We have all sorts of trainings that we do, but it's really quick. Um, so I I really combine it within four days, and um, it's just you know all day of training basically. Yeah. Right, right on. Marty, is there something you say to your family camp staff to front load what the weekend's going to be like? How it's different from the summer program? Uh, yeah, the first thing that pops in my mind when you ask that question is um, that it's a little different than traditional camp because obviously all the kids are supervised during traditional camp. But when the parents are here, you might have a group of you know, 10-year-olds who are off playing in the creek and you know you stand at the dining hall and you say, you know, your first reaction is, wait, those kids are unsupervised. I'm like, well, yeah. their parents are here. You know, they've sent them down there to do that. Yeah. You know, so I think that's that's one of the first things they need to understand is it's a little different than traditional camp from that, uh, that standpoint. Um, but, uh, you know, I do, I, I would agree with Megan. It's it's really important to talk to the, you know, your, your young college staff about talking to camp parents and, and um, you know, what those positive conversations look like. Not that they would talk uh, in any way negative, but it's just, it's very different than talking to, uh, to campers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also how to facilitate programs when parents are there, because it's yep. a very, very, very different dynamic. Um, you know, when, you know, the facilitator might say, 
you know, we're going to do this. And then, you know, maybe a parent says something that's contradictory to that and, and kind of having the, the staff maybe redirect that if it's a safety issue. But mm-hmm. if it's not a safety issue, maybe, you know, maybe letting the, if, you know, if the parent wants to kind of take charge of that, then maybe that's okay. Um, and kind of talk through different situations like that. Yeah. I know when for our, our family camp, and it's still the case, it's um, you, you you have to earn working at family camp. And so we have the best there. Uh, and um, if people request to work that weekend because there's two mid, there's a midsummer break for our staff that they can take um, three days in one spot or three days at family camp. And so people will fight to stay, to get to stay there. So you have to earn family camp. But there have been funny situations where you really have to talk to staff and say, when you're talking to adults, remember that you're talking to adults. So don't teach it like you've been teaching it for the past five weeks where, you know, you're teaching it to a kid. Um, but also there will be things that happen that parents will deal with that you won't like. You won't, you won't appreciate the way that they do it, but you just have to be quiet and 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 let them parent the way they parent the other thing is that you know they can parent the way they parent but when it comes to safety rules we will not back down um and that's our the the safety programs are all set up the same and will run the same no matter what um some of the other fluffy stuff around it can be we can be flexible about Heather, those family that... camp can really make or yeah. break that experience, Travis. Yep. It, it can make or break it because there's a, a story I know of a camper parent who, who his kids come to our camp now, but the story goes that they were at family camp when his kids were quite young, too young to be campers. And just the supervision and the staff culture and everything they saw was like, this isn't the way that it, we want our kids to experience camp. Fair. And they very specifically have never gone back. And one of our camper parents who keeps returning year after year for family camp, um, before he started doing that, he actually, um, because he's anal this way, he he did a spreadsheet up and he would go from family (laughs) camp to family camp and try to figure out, you know, where he wanted to go with his families. And so he's my old program director. So in the late 80s, he was my actually my CIT coordinator in the late 80s. Mm. And um and the first year he was at camp, we're playing around a frisbee golf, and and he's a university professor, so um, he he goes into this whole, yeah, you know, I have this matrix that I put family camps on, and and it's all about how people do this and that or what they don't do, and and uh, and so gingerly I just sort of looked over and I was like, so how are we doing? And he's like, <laughs> oh, oh, you guys, you guys are good so far, and. And then, you know, I think he stopped the matrix because now his kids come to camp and, and they come back every summer. And, and so we've attracted them here and, and that, and that's a great thing. But, um, parents judge, parents are a lot more judgmental and that's where family camp at the beginning of the summer is such a, a great opportunity and a great danger. Yes. You're not ready. You're screwed. Right. (laughs) Right. So Joe, how do you get your staff ready? Um, we have a lot of our, our spring staff work family camps. So it's our returning lead, what we call our leadership team. So they're university students. Um, and then we choose two or three or four other um, staff members who are, re, you know, returning and that we like and that can put forward the same effort. And, you know, they serve all the meals to, to, the, um, to the families at their tables. They Uh, run all the program and and it's a busy week because what we ask you to do is 
is work family camp, and now we do staff training. So family camp leaves at 1 o'clock on Monday. Mm-hmm. Staff training starts at 3 o'clock on Monday. So they go right from family camp to staff training. Um, so they're in camp for 10 days, which I know most camps are fine with, but at Pierce-Williams, we normally get weekends off, which is a, a good gig if you can right. get it. Good camp job. <laughs> and Heather, at uh, at your old camp, did um, did staff work at both youth camp and family camp, or were they just no. at family camp for the summer? So they we had family camp staff and then youth camp staff. And prior to um, myself working there as the youth camp director, um, they ran two separate trainings um and the family camp staff were mostly trained in you know hospitality customer service um a few camp games and songs but it wasn't it was more of providing that vacation experience Mm -hmm. and then um the two years that i was there and a lot of credit goes to also the the camping services director at the time we decided to combine the youth camp and family camp training. That way, the the family camp staff um, was able to. Um, I apologize. My dog just snuck into the room. No and problem. Me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you combined the trainings together. We combined the trainings, and that way, the family camp staff kind of got more of that. You know, the, the games, activities, and songs um, got kind of more of that camp spirit infused into it. Yeah. Um, not that it was it was lacking, but it was definitely different, you know, from youth camp. And I, that um, just boosted up the program. There was a different, such a big difference in the campfire program that would run at night, um, just randomly doing games with the young kids again when um if there was a group of kids just kind of by themselves playing one of the staff could go up and say like oh let's play this game yeah um and it yeah it was a big boost to the program so i believe that they're they're still doing that there is some separation because there are different topics to talk about but when they do um lessons about um, how to facilitate activities they do those as a combined staff Right, right, right on. Something you said, Joe, well, which Heather followed up on, but something you said that um, that got me thinking about how um, things can be different at family camp, but we sort of have standards. And knowing that, um, as all of us have said, family camp feeds a bigger networking opportunity within the camp, whether it's to you know, establish ties within a bigger organization or to feed younger campers into a a summer camp program. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking about getting people to understand our camp culture and how important that is from the very beginning. And when they buy into the camp culture, there are certain families that only come for one year and they tend to be people that not buy into the culture. They either don't like the structures of the programs that we lay out, um, think that they should be allowed to just do whatever they want and whenever they want in and out, you know, just eat whenever they want, etc. cetera. Um, 
but what we've managed to do over time is really get starting on the Friday night when people arrive, get them to buy into camp culture, do games together with that we expect adults and kids to be a part of, um, do a huge campfire with skits and, and this this theme stuff starts at that point. So the fa- family's first impression of family camp is this is a whole encompassing thing and there's a big culture to be a part of. And that's cut down on some of the, well, I'm going to do it my way problems and has allowed us to show off the great talents of our staff and get those families to to really buy into the bigger culture, not just family camp culture, the bigger culture of our camp by having that opportunity. So that was a great, great idea. So there are a number of things that I said we talk about, which we are not going to have time to talk about. So we're going to come back together again. Um, I'll schedule this, schedule this with Megan and Heather, and hopefully we can get um, some of the others who volunteered to be a part of the panel as well. But I have... Um, one question from the Camp Pros group that I really wanted to address. Um, one is from Jared Hanuk, um, and Jared was kind enough to send us in the questions for the Ask Us Anything. So, hey, Jared, thanks for listening and sending in stuff again. You're awesome. Um, his quick big question is, um, what, well, he asked a whole bunch of questions and I can't do them all, but are your in terms of registration um and i'll start with you heather in terms of registration do they have a completely different registration system do they have more or less forms to fill in etc they have the same amount of forms that the youth camp um campers fill out but we do it is a separate registration system right okay yeah okay (laughs) And for you, Marty, what's it what's it like registering for family camp versus registering for the summer? Um, it's a little easier. There, there are less forms um, because the, the families are here. We or the the parents or guardians are here. We don't actually require medical forms mm-hmm. uh, for family camp. Um, you know, our camp is located on a um, we, we share facilities with a, a camp and conference center. So, so in a way, it, it's it would be just like a, a family coming on vacation and. Um, with regards to the to the forms and the legalities of that, less like sending your kid off to traditional camp for a week. Yeah. Uh, but so the registration process is fairly easy. Yep. And for Joe, is it uh, a little easier and less work for family camp than summer camp? Mainly just the health form. This year we we moved to online registration. So if you register online. Um, the family camp is just an option, so you have to fill out all that information mm-hmm. for each camper, which a parent becomes a camper at that point. Um, but uh, the health form is a family form versus a, a camper medical form, um, so it is easier. It's it's much shorter. Right, right. And Megan, I think I know your answer since you really are running one program yeah. that's based on family camp. But my my other question that comes from Jared, um, what? What issues have you run into in your career of doing family camp? Problems that have come up or concerns from families? Well, um, I've run into quite a few issues. Um, I guess sometimes you, you're you the adult counselor. Yeah. So adults come with issues and problems and um, things happen. And so you you have to deal with that. I think that's been part of some of the issues that I've dealt with over the years. Um they some people expect for you to be like a hotel mm-hmm. um and so there's been some hospitality issues of um you know i tell them that they're going to be in dorms but they expect something different maybe right. so right. i try to be very clear about this is a camp environment um you're staying in dorms 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, are there are there issues that have come up for or lessons that you've learned from running Family Camp? For sure. Um, be prepared, um, mm-hmm. and be as the um, as a as a camp director and executive director. You need to be present. Yes. Um, people. Uh, although I have almost nothing to do with the program, a lot of these families come because I'm here. It's a it's a weird dynamic, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, that's great, that's fine. So we actually have a rotation on our leadership program or on our leadership team of people who have to be at the parents only social after the kids are in bed. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have to every night when family camp is in, I'm going to hang out with the parents from 10 till midnight because that's my job. Yep. And, um, and so it's be prepared and it, it's just organization. When I was at the Taylor staff camps and they run September camp and it's, um, it's people coming and going and, um, and it's, it's very much an organization about who's doing what and how it gets done um, because what parents really want to see is is nothing, right? They want to see everything run smoothly. They don't want to know about any problems or if a staff member's sick. It's it's like we in the way we sell family camp. It, it's like an all-inclusive resort at Pierce Williams with without any alcohol. Essentially, yeah. we're going to program for your kids. We're going to program for you. Um, evening programs are family-oriented, so you you're responsible for it. And um, and essentially, we're just gonna we're gonna allow you to have a break from from life. And and the lessons we've learned are just be prepared and put on a great show. Because if your show is amazing, if that weekend or the the time you do family camp is amazing, parents are gonna remember and parents are gonna talk about it with other families. Awesome, awesome. Heather, would would you have advice or or some issues that have come up that you you can advise give some people some thoughts on how to deal with? Um, I know that someone uh, touched on this earlier about the food, yeah. but you'd be amazed um, how much not providing excellent food yeah. um, could impact um, a family can or a family's experience or yeah. like um, was said earlier, you know, that judgment. Yeah. Um, we didn't feel too much judgment about the programs um, because they they were all very excited about what was going on. Our biggest complaint um, is if, you know, dinner wasn't on time or they didn't like the meal. Um, and so we we actually moved to a food service um, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it just it seems like our evaluations just shot up. And we, you know, it's by providing um better food. So I would definitely, that would be my biggest advice is the food. Right on. Well, and I know, and I've seen this in staff too. When adults get into a camp situation where they don't have control over their own food. So you feel like, like, I think camp counselors can live with there not being enough food at lunch and then make up for it at dinner once. But if that happens twice, then people get really panicky because they don't have control over their own food. And I'm sure that's the same for parents too. You, you, you're not able to um, modify the meal to fit your kid's pickiness, um, or it's not as good as you would hope or what you feel like you've paid for. And you, you feel a bit panicky because you don't feel like you have control over that. And I think that that's a great, great way of thinking, Heather, that, that you went into this and said that this is going to make a difference by pumping up the level of what we're serving. Um, then that's going to match the, the good reviews of the programs as well. 
Marty, have you found some, what are some things that you would caution others to be aware of or, or be thinking of in, at family camp? Um, well, I had already mentioned the piece about, you know, just being a different dynamic mm -hmm. with, you know, the counselors don't necessarily need to, um, you know, be supervising the kids at all time like they do during traditional camp uh, with kids. But, you know, I, I think if you are, well, we, we send out a, a handbook um, when families register that lays out kind of the expectations for the weekend. So, you know, those expectations are, you know, everything from the meals to how many snacks they're going to get yeah. um, and talking about the, the food to the, the programming and that sort of thing. And so, then of course, if you're seeing that information out and setting those expectations, obviously follow through is extremely important. Um, you know, but I, I think um, that might be one of my number one recommendations is, you know, know exactly what you're doing for the weekend, have that solid plan going into it, because as what's you know been alluded to several times in our conversation today, um, parents are more critical than kids. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when you in, when you introduce parents into the equation, um, then, you know, it, if you're not fully 100 percent on top of your game, sometimes the kids may not notice, but parents certainly will. Yes. Um, you know, and so so I think just following through with the expectations of what you're say you're going to offer. Right on. That's great. Can I say one more thing? Please. Um, I think. In the past, you know, you had to be very clear with the staff about the kind of relationship they can have with adults. You know, you can make very clear boundaries with staff and kids, yeah. but with adults, it gets a little tricky. So being very clear about the type of relationship they can have with adults, because they're spending so much time with them and we want them to network and get close with them. Yeah. But you got to be very clear about the, there are boundaries that, that are there and we don't want you to overstep those. It, I laugh because I'm trying to picture the, the boundary issues, but is there something, is it just, is it like interpersonal relationships that you've, you've run into trouble with Megan? Or just like topics coming up, oh, you know, yeah. adults will bring up different topics and yeah. um, because they're adults, um, our counselors sometimes will talk about those topics and right. it becomes an inappropriate conversation yeah, or really quickly. Um, yeah, you just got to be careful. Um, I mean, you can't tell an adult what they can or can't talk about, but mm -hmm. you can train staff on how to divert conversations if right. they go in a little direction yes. that we don't want that to go in. Right. We want to keep it a clean, family yes. fun environment. And yeah. sometimes that can be tricky. Yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, I uh, I really appreciate the input from the five of you. We didn't touch on two really big topics that I want to come back to. That is promoting family camp and what the, the program is like, what a day is like at camp. I think we address some of the bigger issues of why and, and how you prepare for it. But um, I want to come back to those two when we meet again in, on this panel, hopefully in about a month or so. So um, thank you to to everybody for their great thoughts on that. At this point now, I'm going to move us to our tool of the week. Tool of the week. For those just watching for the first time, tuning in because you love the idea of talking about family camp, um, our tool of the week, we ask each panelist to come with something that makes them a better camp director. And uh, we've had things that were free up to things that were forty dollars or $50,000 as people's mm -hmm. tool. And uh, so we've asked each panelist to bring their own tool. In this rare, on this rare occasion, I'm going to start us off with my tool. Um, 
And uh, I was reminded of my tool when I was at ACA National last week. And I'll just get it here one second. Um, my tool, we're talking in a session about how to develop some unity in staff. And, um, you know, I mentioned that we had used music as a great way to unify staff and t teaching staff and campers music, getting them to learn things together, eventually ending up singing in four-part harmony is just a powerful, powerful way of uniting staff um, or taking pop sums and, and teaching them the harmony to them and etc but that has to start somewhere and these cards are called body beats I've, they're all held together with elastics but um, they are awesome cards from this guy who teaches drumming and does drumming for camps um, and he sells these cards called body beats you can get them online I hope you'll check out the show notes to find out where to buy them but they're about 25 bucks um, I think that you could buy one set and then make your own afterwards. Doesn't seem like the right thing to say, maybe, but um, it's good to get the first set and understand how they go. But it's awesome, nice rhythm activity to bring a group together. So you start off with just a simple beat, one, two, three, four. And then you add in the cards and they have good little rhythms. Um, and it's all based on the instructions on the cards. So there's a, a WAP, which is tap your chest, snap, clap, lap, tap your feet. Um, and it's all written in there. So that's an, an awesome group activity. I love body beats. There is a second deck with the, that's a that's a, from a different company that has different skills that I'm going to save for another tool of the week later. Joe, what's your tool? My tool of the week is uh, an article that I've put a link to in the show notes. And the name of the article is Don't Drown in Email, How to Use Gmail More Efficiently. And it's a, um, a concept. I know that some of our uh, co-hosts on this podcast have a few too many emails sitting in their inbox. Um, <laughs> but uh, essentially, it's uh, I've always tried to keep my emails managed so that my inbox sits you know, under 15 to 20 emails. Um, and the ones that are in there are actionable in some way, shape, or form, which is based on an old tool, right, the getting things done model. And so this this article goes over how to use the multiple inbox tool in Gmail to, um, and it uses stars, um, stars and question marks and things that you can assign so that your inbox is actually at zero, and then actions are an inbox, and awaiting replies are another inbox, and scheduled stuff, things like meetings or airplane tickets or things like that is another one um and and so it's uh i took the time to set it up and essentially when an email comes in i follow the rules that uh that are in place in in my action list so can i do it in two minutes if so i just reply and i do it um if i can't you know i will uh, mark it so a waiting reply or delegated if i and then i archive it and because i've marked it with a star or a question mark or a, um, Gmail allows you to use those things. I've set my multiple inboxes to look for those things. So if, if it has a, a purple question mark, it's awaiting a reply. Mm -hmm. And so it'll sit over there and I know I don't need to do anything. And when a reply does come, the beauty of this system is it goes back into my inbox, right? Because right. it's a new email from someone. Um, and then I can take off that mark and archive it if, if I'm done with it. So it, it took me about 15 to 20 minutes to set up. Um, I didn't have a ton of emails, even though, um, Marty, I just got back from three months of sabbatical and I have uh, 
less than 10 emails in my to-do list. Um, so your, your amount is, um, is significantly larger than that. Um, but this is I'm the beauty envious. of, of my envious. sabbatical. Yeah. Well, this is, this is a system. And, and the way they talk about it is because a lot of times people store things in their email inbox because they feel like I don't want to lose it. When you have an inbox that's over a hundred messages, you might as well just lose it. You know, like it's it's there. Gmail, the benefit is that it's all of our stuff at, at Pierce Williams is all on Google Apps, so it's all searchable. So I don't worry. Like for example, today for this podcast, I'm recording it with a, a, a program called Pamela, which um, Travis and I had purchased. What Travis two years ago, maybe? Yep, three or four. Two three years ago. And I literally, just before the podcast, typed into Gmail, Pamela, and download, and boom, up came my my um, my user code. So I downloaded the program, and I automatically got it. So I'm not – it's just if you're comfortable knowing that it's there somewhere, because you might have 5,000 emails in your inbox. I'm not saying anybody here does, but somebody might. and um, <laughs> Or you could be like me, and you could be using – uh, 8.2 gigabytes of storage for your email, which is a lot of storage for email. And I think my total message count is somewhere around 45,000 um, in my Google Apps account. Um, I have no idea. But it's this system which will help you manage emails more effectively is a hope and, and just get it off your mind. Um, sorry, I said 40. Five thousand. I meant twenty-eight thousand six hundred and eighty-one. That's how many. <laughs> Joe, is there a, a shortcut combination to add the question mark to it? Um, I haven't figured it out. It, essentially, what happens is on on Gmail when you when it's starred or not starred, mm -hmm. when you click that star, if you click it, you click through to the next uh, symbol, right? So oh, okay. it could be the I use the yellow exclamation mark and you can put those in the order you want, Travis. Right. Right. So I don't know what the shortcuts are for that message. Um, that's a great question. I'm sure that uh, if I typed in Gmail shortcuts, I, I could figure it out. Um, I use a lot of shortcuts anyway in Gmail. Yeah. Right. So, um, but you do the, the trick with this system is you do need to unmark it once you're done. With right. It, right. Okay. So I would take that mark off of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's as simple as there's a shortcut for started versus unstarred. Yes. Um, right on. Well, that's very helpful. For those of you who are uh, listening to the show and not watching this on YouTube, um, I encourage you to check out this particular show on YouTube because what you're missing is that Joe has a sunbeam on one side of his face that is so bright yeah. it makes him look like he has a Phantom of the Opera mask on while, he <laughs> while he's talking. Uh, <laughs> There we go. That's the, See, that's Phantom the of the Opera. Right there. It, it, worth checking out YouTube. And if you're watching the YouTube video, then please click on thumbs up for Joe's Phantom of the Opera mask <laughs> and subscribe in YouTube. I, right this, on. That's good stuff, the Joe. the first time it's happened. There's a a window. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the best set. Well, and the season's just right. The sun's at the right spot. No, it's pretty awesome. I'm really very pleased that it's happened. Um. <laughs> Let's move on. Heather, what's your tool? So I actually just changed my tool back to my original tool that I yes. discussed. Yep. Um, and I changed it to Pinterest. So I don't know if that's been discussed before as the tool of the week, but 
it's time to talk about it again for sure. Okay. Um, so Pinterest, wonderful website. You can lose many hours pinning and just looking up stuff and getting into different rabbit holes of ideas and, um, and how, um, we've used it at CDI, um, has really kind of transformed our information sharing with our center staff because we, um, have a hundred over 130 centers throughout the state. We actually have created our own camp boards yep. and pin ideas and our staff like our boards and they can see, you know, array of activity ideas from all of our different camp curriculum. But we also have boards about camp songs, about um, camp stuff, inspirational videos that we see, you know, we pin up, pin a ton of YouTube videos. Um, and I know there's um, an array of camp um, boards out there. I think the camp pros even has their own boards that I know that I've at least pinned onto a couple of my own personal boards. Um, so it's really easy to get onto now. Um, it used to be, you know, invite only, but that's changed. So you can, you can sign up and um, great tutorials on how to get started on Pinterest. And then once you go, you can just gather up as many ideas as you can. Um, and what I like about it too, is that it's not just about gathering ideas for different programs, but camps can use it to, um, to have boards to show families, um, the, the different activities at camp, but also I've seen some camps use it for, um, kind of as their wish lists. Yep. So they put post a board that, um, families can see about, you know, so maybe something items that they, they need to be donated. Um, and people have received donations from those, you know, those wish list boards. Um, and then also just getting um, like those camp games and song videos out there to camp staff prior to them coming, so they they know where to look um, or are familiar with games and songs, yeah. or even just camp culture before yep. they even show up for staff training. Yeah, that's awesome. Heather, could you are you okay putting your putting the company's boards in the show notes that I can put that on the web and your own oh, Pinterest okay. if you don't mind? Not problem please that'd be great um and you had another article about family camp that i've you've pulled out but put that yeah. back in the show notes i'll put it in for people to read a supplemental reading to our discussion okay. that'd be awesome yeah. thank you mm-hmm. yeah, that's great i uh happened to have just been looking at pinterest camp pinterest stuff this morning and saw two boards that i thought were ingenious one was a camp that rents out for weddings and they had collected i mean pinterest is thick with ideas of fun wedding stuff and the spe- specifically for camp weddings. And so they'd collected all those into a board. I thought that's a great way to sell camp. The other board that I thought was really ingenious was um, <clears throat> uh, a camp in California that I, I don't remember the name of it, but um, they have their packing list as a board on on Pinterest. So it says bring 15 pairs of underwear for four weeks um, and uh, sunscreen and sunglasses and a camera and, and all these different things. And it has the numbers. So bring two pairs of jeans, five pairs of shorts. And uh, I thought super smart way to do that. That's really great. So that's a, a great pick, Heather. Thank you. 
Um, Megan, what's your tool of the week? Yeah, um, just to piggyback real quick, I use Pinterest a lot as a marketing tool. I think it's a really good way to reach moms. Yeah. So, um, and you can put your own content on there and yes. you know pin other content. So I really am a big fan of using Pinterest for marketing nice. and for programming. But right. um, my tool, um, so when I was researching Family Camp, I stumbled upon the Family Camp Impacts Research Project, and this was a study that was submitted to the American Camp Association. So you can actually find it on the ACA website, or you can, um, I, I put the link on the show notes yeah. as well. But primarily, the study focuses on um, a couple factors. Um, so why families, what's the motivation for families to sign up for Family Camp? Um, what are the intended outcomes and what are the actual outcomes? And I found the study very helpful um, just for kind of, you know, helping me with marketing, helping me with my programming, making sure, you know, I'm hitting all the marks, making sure that I'm really uh, giving families what they're looking for. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Yes. Good find. Thank you, Megan. Uh, Marty, what's your tool today? I'm cheating a little bit with my tool because I haven't actually used it yet, but um, <laughs> Uh, being at the, the National ACA Conference in Orlando last week, one of the keynote speakers was Dr. Tina Payne Bryson, and she talked about a book that she's co-authored um, titled The Whole Brain Child. And um, on one hand, I feel like the, the psychology of, of uh, childhood brain development is fascinating. On the other hand, and during her keynote speech, she um, gave a lot of tools about how to very successfully relate to children in certain situations and you know connecting the left brain and the right brain and um, and she also talked about when counselors are connecting well with kids and uh, the the neurons firing in the counselor brain are mirroring the neurons firing in the, the camper brain it was really fascinating stuff I've actually ordered a copy of the book for our entire office team to read uh, prior to start of summer because I think based on her keynote speech that the book is going to have a lot of valuable information that we can use for staff training and um, coaching counselors through um, difficult situations with campers. Yeah, and, and I was... Uh, you can, uh, her, uh, her website is tinabryson.com, and there's a lot of good information about the book uh, on her website. Yep, she's a good presenter. I know she's going to train at camps this spring. Mm -hmm. um, and as Marty was talking, I was trying to find my notes because I took some great notes from her talk as well. I really enjoyed it. So I would uh, I'd double down on Marty's recommendation. Um, I think it's pretty great. Uh, if I recall, that's everybody's tool, right? Yep, takes us through it all. Okay. Well, listen, I want to thank the five of you so much for giving up your time and giving to the camp community. Uh, if you're listening to this show, please do check out some of the shows on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash user slash camphackertv. Um, and if you're a watcher, then I encourage you to listen too, because you can take us in the car, you can take us when you're walking a dog or cleaning the house um, and be thinking about camp at all times. Um, and uh, so I, I'm so grateful to the five people who, the four people who have joined me on this panel today and uh, have shared their wisdom. And I look forward to having you all back for part two of Family Camp when we can talk about promotion and programs. And maybe there'll be some other questions that have popped up. So Marty, can you let people know how they can get in touch with you, follow you on the internet, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can follow Camp Chief Ure uh, on Facebook um, uh, just by searching uh, Camp Chief Ure. Um, also, uh, you can reach me, probably easiest way is, is by email. Joe, no snickering. Um, I'll, I'll 
I, I deleted all the 5,000 emails while you were talking. So now I'm down to zero in my inbox. <laughs> Who knows what was in um, But uh, uh, M. Ferguson at ymcarockies.org. Awesome. Do you, can you spell Chief Ure for us, please, Marty? Yes. Uh, Chief is in Indian Chief, C-H-I-E-F, and Ure is spelled O-U-R-A-Y. Awesome. Thanks, Marty, for being on the show again. Thanks, Travis. I uh, enjoy it every time. Awesome. Uh, and Heather, how can people follow your work and find out what you're doing? And they can um, friend me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook at Heather Slim. Last name is S-L-I-M-P. Or by email, um, which is slim at gmail.com. Right on. Thank you very much. I'm so glad you're on the show. It was awesome. Thank you for having me. It was great. It was great. And Joe. Well, you can find out more about what we do here at Pierce Williams at campisbetter.com, exactly like it sounds. And mm -hmm. you can follow me at yoyojoyoyojoe.com. Um, and that has links to Facebook, Twitter, and some other things that I do. I don't even know what it has links to anymore. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, Joe. Not a problem. Take care. And Megan, thanks again for presenting this idea. Can you let people know where they can follow your work and find out if they have any follow-up questions for you? Sure. So our website is pepperdine.edu uh, slash family camp. So um, we also have a Facebook, Pepperdine Family Camp. And then the easiest way to reach me, my last name's kind of hard to spell, but you can reach me at family camp at pepperdine.edu. That's awesome. Thanks for being on, Megan. Thank you. That's great. So for those of you watching, as I say, subscribe, listening, do that as well. Um, you can find our show notes at camphacker.tv slash podcast. Um, and we encourage you to be checking out camphacker.tv. There's some new shows coming up that we've been promising for months, but are really getting very close to being launching. Um, and uh, so I'm really excited about those things. But for notes on this particular episode, go to um, camphacker.tv slash podcast and look for episode 64. And thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Building great camp community at camphacker.org.